Marshmallows for toasting and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories, scary ghost stories, scary ghost stories. Welcome back, you filthy animals, to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Bentz. How's it going, dude? Oh, man. It's going well, bro. Hey, man, we're feeling uh, we're feeling festive. We're feeling Christmassy. Uh, yeah, you, are you in the spirit yet? Oh man, I've had the I've had the Christmas just running through my veins. Mm. Everything that I do, I mean, I'm I got to be honest with you, man. Every single time I, you know, when I was younger and I would pass a car that had like the the reindeer antlers mm-hmm. coming out of the windows and like the Rudolph nose in the front of the car, yeah. I thought, man, what a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> And I found myself yesterday, I passed several, and I thought, do I need, a th- do I need one of those? Dude, I've been thinking the exact same thing. My, my daughter, Amelia, uh, you know, I take her to school every day, and we go through, you know, it's a pretty long carpool. And every single morning, there's at least two or three people that have it. And I'm just like, man, you know, I need to be the dad that's not so cool and more, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what can I do to make my daughter laugh or whatever so I, i've actually been thinking of grabbing one too or at least like maybe getting one of those like light like pre-lit wreaths that i can put on the front of my jeep or whatever you know <laughs> yeah. something man yeah i mean there's some folks that just go all especially i don't know if you've seen those like pictures of people with jeeps that just like i mean they have christmas it's like the whole thing is uh it's just wrapped in christmas i just don't want to scratch up my uh, yeah my Which, how do, how do they do that? Is it all battery powered? Yeah, man, a lot of Jeeps, you know, especially when they have like all the fog lights and all this, they usually get like an, another or an additional battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they run all that other stuff on there. I mean, there's people that like time it with music and everything. So the Jeep's just driving by and it's just like man. blinking with the Christmas lights. I, I mean, the Christmas <laughs> songs, it's amazing. I mean, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, should we I just mean, start like a Jeep podcast? I mean, I don't have one, I, but... Either that or like a Christmas lights one. I mean, I'm basically an expert now. I spent ten thousand dollars. You on really it. did. LED. No, I didn't. Only the best. No. Only the best. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you this quick story, man. Give it to me. Just because you know we were talking about kids, school, and it's just I don't know for some reason I just thought this was hilarious, man. So uh, my oldest comes home the other day, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, man, this one of his friends. We'll just call him like Terry." Love Man, it. Terry got kicked right in the... So, hold on, let me back up a little bit. <laughs> you know, whenever you're a dad, it's kind of hard to figure out, like, what do you call, mm. uh, you know, different things, right? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, my wife is very, like, sort of, I don't know, biological about it, and she's just like, that's your whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, but man alive. That's, that sounds so dumb if someone's like, somebody just kicked me. And, you know, yeah. and so it's like, you got to have like, so anyways, all that said, I came up with like this term that just kind of makes him laugh because it's funny and it's kind of silly sometimes, especially when you're a little boy. And especially when you're just kind of like referring to the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, the whole just, uh, well, I don't think we need an anatomy lesson right now, but, yeah. you know, just that area when you're, when you're defining that area is what I should say. Uh, so we call the, the wait, what is it? Uh, gajugis. Okay. So it's like, oh man, you got me right in the gajugis. The gajugis? Yeah. The gajugis. Oh, okay. Awesome. No idea where that came from. It's just like, you know, I think one time, like he accidentally like rocked me right in the, oh. in the, uh, and it's constant um, as a dad. I mean, you're constantly mm-hmm. getting hit there. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so. Basically, uh, to I guess keep from cussing or something when it happened, I was like, "Oh gosh, he got me right in the gajugis." Okay, anyway, so he comes home one day and he's like, "Yeah, Dad, my friend Terry, mm-hmm. uh, he got kicked right in the gajugis," and automatically that's just hilarious. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like what happened? Did the other kid get in trouble?" He's like, "I mean, kind of, but like the funniest part was my friend Terry was like, he just started like." <laughs> He just started screaming as loud as he can. He's just like, ah. And then everybody kind of looked at him. He's like, 
he was telling on the other kid, and we'll just call him Fred. Fred just kicked me right in the bridge. <laughs> the what? <laughs> <laughs> the bridge. Why, why is that so funny? I mean, dude, <laughs> I I have no idea. I mean, like, oh, I guess, man. like, if I'm thinking about it, right? Like, if you if you like, imagine being a kid and you're drawing like legs, right? And you kind of oh, draw I them see, almost like yeah. in a in like a in like a I don't know, like a upside down U. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shape, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's almost like a bridge. And so he's like basically saying he kicked him right in between that, which would be the bridge, man. That's actually I guess. pretty clever, actually. Yeah. It's clever, but it's also hilarious oh, it's so because, funny. like, at first, I didn't know, is that what he calls, you know, is Tallywhacker yeah. a bridge? Mm-hmm. Okay, man, look, throughout your life, and this is more of like a uh, rhetorical question here, but feel free to answer. Mm-hmm. Throughout your life, how many times do you think you've heard that old 1963 Andy Williams song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year? The I mean, I think I heard it like three times back to back yeah. at the grocery store just the other well, day. You know what I'm saying? I, it's I, worked, I worked at an Ingalls grocery store in high school and it was on probably a thousand times just within a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny, man? I don't think I've ever really thought about the lyrics that much. And really, like, certainly not to the point of realizing that they talked about telling ghost oh, stories yeah, dude. in the song. My favorite part. You know, Exactly. When you pointed that out to me, dude, mm-hmm. it was like all of a sudden like, whoa. You know, I remember that lyric, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the lyric is, there'll be scary ghost stories mm-hmm. and tales of the glories of Christmas long, long ago. Yep. Well, that's so, to me, I thought, what? Like, that? that's essentially what opened up this whole episode that we're going to dive into today. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, you know, we did a little research on Christmas traditions in general. And I mean, some of this stuff we're kind of familiar with, even myself, kind of like hearing some of it or knowing some of it and all that, but never to the point of like what all we found essentially and why like ghost stories and, and just all this essentially were as much a part of Christmas as they were Halloween. Oh, yeah. You know, and also not only that, but some insanely creepy traditions that surrounded this holiday mm-hmm. and this time of year. And, you know, I think, like, in order for all of us to kind of understand the concept of why in the world ghost stories at Christmas time even, you know, make sense, we kind of have to dive a little bit into, like, the origins of what we now know of, like, the Christmas celebration this time of year. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. We all know, I mean that it's recognized as the Christian-based holiday, celebrating the birth of Jesus. Um, And what I think sometimes is kind of glossed over is that I will say the celebration piece of it, right, Mm -hmm. was born in and around the pagan winter solstice celebrations and the Yule festivals. Hey, yo! Call back. Call back straight back to last week when we were like, I don't even know what a Yule, Yule tide and Yule log are. I have no We're idea. going to get into it. Yeah. I know now. Um, so both of those like winter solstice, winter, Win- <laughs> winter solstice. starting. Yeah, God, man. Already just the winter solstice. Um, with our those festivals and everything predated both Jesus and Christianity. Yep. Okay, so essentially I think the best way we can kind of just uh, kind of get past this piece of the story because it's really like the least interesting part mm-hmm. is, you know, a- as a means of um, distinguishing itself from the pagan beliefs and practices, but also kind of like intermixing it so that it could be, you know, Christmas and ultimately Christianity could be like embraced a lot easier. I think they kind of like took on some of those traditions and not to mention like, look, man, I mean, these are thousands and thousands yeah. of years old and, you know, we've kind of talked about this in previous episodes before. They're kind of just like intermixed into our zeitgeist mm-hmm. now, yeah, you know, culturally. Which, so, which is, you know, Christianity is looked at as pretty like tame and conservative and all that. But like, man, there is nothing more metal than like coming in and being like, oh yeah, this is the day that you celebrate this, this, this. Now it's our day. <laughs> yeah, <it's> so intense. <laughs> okay, so here's what I found about you. So you'll really kind of refers to this kind of time, like Yule time and Yule tide and Yule season. It's just observed by Germanic 
peoples and ancient Europe and all this in December. All right. Mm. Um, so, so you know, the, the name, is it the whole month of December? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Yule Festival, I think, or like certain aspects of it are like maybe a couple of weeks long, 12 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different stuff within them. I didn't dive super, super deep. I just kind of scratched the surface here. But it was interesting to me that even, you know, because they traced back this kind of celebration and even like back to like, you know, the days when they were worshiping Odin mm-hmm. and, and all of that, even though we're like Yule is even found in like Odin's name in certain certain languages and stuff. But oh, wow. um, the Yule log, which... You know, like this part, I thought, wow, that's an interesting tradition that I've never really heard. And I don't know if you have either, but it's called a couple different things. A Yule log or a Yule clog or, Mm. this one's easiest, Christmas block. (laughs) And so what it is, is it's a specially selected log Mm -hmm. that is burnt on the hearth Mm. as a Christmas tradition Mm -hmm. all over Europe, all right? And there's a couple things. One, as you're burning it, it's it's unlucky to have it be lit again so if it goes out and you have to light it again bad luck Mm. also this would be the time where people would light the yule log and tell ghost stories have some drinks and you know even just kind of gather as a family and tell these ghost stories play games Mm -hmm. stuff like that Mm -hmm. they would also take two large colored candles and just before dinner on christmas eve uh, while the Yule log is burning and all the other lights are put out and the candles are lit by the Yule log, so by the fire of the Yule log, mm-hmm. the youngest person in the family goes, lights the candles, bring it over, and then just kind of like almost like at a birthday or whatever, you make a silent wish. Mm-hmm. And instead of blowing, you don't blow out the candles though. Um, you just kind of make a silent wish and then you know keep that wish a secret. And then once the candles are on the table and they've returned to the table, essentially you can break the silence. Mm. Um, the candles must not be allowed to burn themselves out though. And no other lights may be lit that night. There are some folks like a variation of that is essentially they take a piece of the Yule log that's, you know, kind of still burned or whatever, almost like a, I guess a chunk of the coal mm. and save it for the next year to help light the next year's log. Oh, so, and, and yeah, I wonder, I wonder if there's any, um, any carryover to like the the lump of coal, you know? Oh, you're bad, yeah, so you get a know. lump of coal. Interesting. Here, have this old Yule log yeah. from last year. Yeah, Timothy. Wait, what was the what was the kid's name? Uh, from <laughs> that I just made up. No, no, no. Timothy. Uh, Timmy. Uh, what was his name? Um, hmm. You know what am I trying to say here? The like the Mickey Mouse yeah, from, one. Um. Oh yeah, you mean from? Um, please, sir. Can I have some more of that guy? Uh, well, Oliver Twist? No, not Oliver Twist. God, we're going way off. Anyway, go back. Mm-hmm. Who cares about Timmy? Yeah, maybe it is Timmy. He's like the kid with like the crutch or whatever. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. Right? I, I think yeah, that's I Timmy. Listeners, tell us what we're talking about, and also tell us if that name is right. So, I mean, anyways, that's what a Yule log is. You may not have known that. Heck, you might be. Uh, you might know that, and you burn Yule logs in your house or whatever. If you do, that's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and I want to hear all about it because apparently, there are still, you know, parts of the country and and people that still kind of have that tradition passed on. It's I think probably a little bit more watered down mm-hmm. and simple. You know, maybe it's just like lighting the fire uh, in that. So. I guess for me, it was just uh, it was just wild to kind of discover that there's all this um, all these traditions I didn't know about really, mm-hmm. and then even mention of them in pop music like that 1963 song that we all know and have heard a million times since we were born. Oh yeah, and even more fascinating, I think, is these very insanely creepy. Oh, they're amazing traditions around the world Mm -hmm. well for me i was listening to like a podcast years and years ago i think it was darkness radio but i could be wrong and they did a breakdown of kind of what we're going to go over today and he the host um uh, he had brought up that song and i had never thought of that ever and so i went back listened to the song and i was like man that's crazy and then it kind of made me think oh well i'm guessing they're talking about and again, what is the movie we were just talking about? 
why can we not think I mean, of it? I mean, is it a Christmas carol? Like a Christmas carol. Christmas that's it. Carol. That's it. I was thinking, okay, well, maybe they're talking about the Dickens novel where he kind of goes back in time and, you know, ghost of Christmas past, present, future. Um, so I was thinking, well, maybe they're thinking that. But then when I kind of delved into it a little more, you kind of start to realize that Christmas, the way that we view Christmas now, I mean, and I don't even mean the, you know, super commercialized you know, it's all about toys and, and all that. But I'm talking just the way that we view it as this, this you know, it's kind of the most, you know, festive and nice and everybody's nice to each other and all that. You know, that wasn't really the case. I mean, about 60 years. That wasn't the only piece of the case. Right. Well, I mean, even even if you view it, you know, 50, 60 years, years ago, even as er, as early as that, they were still kind of viewing it not really like a Halloween type thing per se, but... But it was, it was, it did kind of have a little bit of that flavor. I mean, especially with, you know, I, I played a lot of like Christmas events. Uh, I'm a guitar player and I hate playing Christmas songs just because um, they're extremely complex. Just the chord, the chord like structure and everything is just, it's really bizarre. Um, and it's pretty dark really once you get into it. And so I, there was always a little bit of a disconnect of like, why well, is this music you know, supposed to be for this really, really happy thing. But then at the same time, it has like a lot of sort of dark tones as well. But then, you know, again, you look back at like the way Christmas was back in the day and it all kind of makes sense. It it, it it was like sweet and warm, but then at the same time, like it, it was derived at a time when if you lived out in the forest and, okay, we're in the, the dead of winter from here on mm. until spring, you know, we have to survive mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we have to... You're secluded. Yeah. It's like yeah, we're, the darkest time of year. Yeah, the darkest I mean, time yeah. of year. Um, so it's pretty cool. And there's a lot of like really bonkers stories with these characters. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to note a couple of things. One, these are from around the world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this th These come from like a bunch of different cultures, a bunch of different ancient kind of cultures and stuff that have been passed down through time. And then also, you know, we're not trying to, by bringing them up or anything, we're only kind of adding some flavor to oh, yeah. the season. We're not trying to criticize the celebration of Christmas. No, 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 no. We love, we love Christmas. Christmas is awesome. And it's, you know, it's the time of year that we should, we should uh, take time to appreciate, you know, family and friends all around us. And uh, yeah. Christmas is all around me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Another call. you callback. really love Christmas. Well, dude, get us started, man. I'm ready to dive into some of these spookiness. All right. So some I, of these spooky stories. I've got a few. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get started, let's take a quick break. And then when we get back, we'll dive right in. After these messages, we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You are listening to That Would Be Rad. 
I'm gonna save the best for last on this, but um, the first one is a character um, called Zwart P.A. And I know that I'm butchering that. So to all our Netherlands, our, our friends and fans in the Netherlands, I apologize. Um, but basically he is this, um, this black skinned character. Um, Boy. Well, it's funny you said that because it does kind of lean into this, but it, it, it turns out that he's really not that bad. He's just a, uh, you know, he, he's a, he's a guy that's a companion to St. Nicholas and he goes around with him, you know, helping deliver, you know, sweets and presents to good, good and bad, or to good little boys and girls. Then they sort of have derived, oh, well, he was, he was black skinned because his occupation was a chimney sweep, mm-hmm. um, you know, so t- take whatever. So basically, that sounds to me like old St. Nick is like delegating. He's like, well, would, you know, let me drive the, uh, <laughs> I'll drive the, the sleigh. Right. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, they call, again, they call him, uh, Black Peter. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not liking this one. I don't, um. Yeah, this is a tough one. Cool. Let's, let's hop on to the next. What do you got? Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> I mean, anything else about that guy or is that? No, what you know, I, I thought, uh, when I discovered this, I thought, um, kind of wish we might have left that one out. You know? Well, no, I, I thought from the name, like, oh, Black Peter is going to be because there's a lot of like bizarre sort of characters and their names and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh man, this is going to be great. He's going to be dark and you know, like all the others. And no, he just uh, he's, he's just, just kind of like Santa's. Uh, yeah, he's he's the companion to Sinterklaas, the uh, Sinterklaas, Saint Nicholas of. Uh, okay, yeah. So this one actually is relatively. I wouldn't say familiar, but more kind of like top of mind because of the most recent Christmas Chronicles movie, mm. Christmas Chronicles 2. Yep. And this is the uh, the character Belschnickel. Oh, yeah. What's funny is it's it's another companion of St. Nick. Mm-hmm. And like many of the others that we're going to kind of go over today, mm-hmm. it's not really a very nice guy, right? He shows up in dirty, like sort of ripped and ragged clothes and that are made of like skin and pelts and you know he carries around this like switch to beat misbehaving children with or isn't it like a like a bundle of sticks yeah so yeah that's what i mean a switch is but um you know thanks for the the you know needless addition that's what i'm here for (laughs) (laughs) that's my primary (laughs) job yeah so Um, so he's got like a patchwork sort of uh yeah man he's got like these like kind of you know we think of like even saint nick like the 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 variation between saint nicholas and santa claus over the time yeah you know we're very much in our brains kind of like this image and um you know this almost like norman rockwell sort of view of who saint nick is the coca-cola commercial kind of thing you know the old coke ads this you know kind of fat guy in a red nice velvety clothes or whatever the Mm -hmm. heck you know, Saint Nick was not necessarily that that right. You know, but even even beyond that, Belschnickel is kind of more of like you know, ragged, dirty clothes that are made out of you know the pelts of animals. He carries around these sticks to beat misbehaving children with. He, in other words, I think with a lot of these, we can kind of think of them as like good cop, bad cop. Yeah, and in a lot of the like folklore stuff that we've talked about before on this podcast, but then certainly in in sort of almost any sort of like any kind of trope you know yeah there's there's if there's evil present yeah and there's gonna be good present there's a duality a, concept yeah man it's the balance mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and well, somehow i knew we would start talking about the force <laughs> yeah um one thing that i found i found a page or an article that was talking about him and it said that he had all these clothes on to hide his identity did you find mm-hmm. anything on, and, and but then i couldn't find anywhere else like it didn't expand on that so i'm like what's his identity like who's he what is he yeah i don't know because all i found really was that his sort of tale uh originated in germany which really a lot of these come from eastern europe and germany Mm -hmm. or the like the slavic area yeah they kind of carried it over when they settled in in the u.s and stuff in the early 18th century and you know of course i think still because there's a high concentration of that eastern european and german 
populations in the U.S., like up in Pennsylvania yeah. and New York and Maryland and stuff. Um, and so some of that tradition still kind of carried on over there. And he basically shows up weeks before Christmas to check out who's been naughty and who's been nice and reports back to St. Nicholas. Mm. So a lot of these two are kind of like that, you know, we always tell our kids and even in the songs, right? You better watch out. You better not cry. All that stuff. He's, he's making a list, checking it twice. Mm-hmm. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Well, how's he going to find out? Right. Yeah. We always think of just like, well, because of magic. Well, I think that's because truly we've kind of like deleted any kind of like sort of scary aspect to, to Christmas, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. Um, but also like that's in all of these traditions, that's kind of like the deal. Like yeah. these people are helping with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's No, to answer your question, I didn't find anything about his true identity or um, I found that like he's also called a couple different things like Persnickel or Chris Crink, Chris Crinkle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm, I'm wondering if, if he, because like a lot of these other ones, it says that he would come like before Christmas. So I wonder if if he's supposed to be Saint Nick or Santa Claus himself. Hmm. Um, or or is he supposed to, you know, be hiding the identity of like one of these darker sort of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know, dualistic we'll have to, uh, deals. Um, one thing that, that is really cool, too, is just the idea that, you know, you brought up Norman Rockwell, and that's a really interesting thing because the painting called Santa and Expense Book, it was by Norman Rockwell, and it appeared on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post, published in December 4th, 1920. And that's partially, he, you know, the Santa character, he, he gets cuter sort of as we go on with, like, the Coca-Cola mm-hmm. Santa and all that, but um, really, that's actually the first time that we start getting a visual for the Santa that we know of now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. like you were saying, which it's so funny how all of these. Um, it's funny how all of these, every single episode that we have, no matter what we're talking about, it always kind of leads back to some of the same, you know, tropes as you, as you were saying, like the. You know, Saint Nick is sort of like Han or the Green Man or like the Old Man of the Woods. It's that kind of like nature archetype kind of thing. You know, he's got a long beard. He lives off the land. He's he's in tune with nature. And and I just watched The Hobbit again, and you know, the Radagast character is like exactly how I sort of picture the same thing. Oh yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay. It's just not as marketable. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it is kind of like, it makes sense that that sort of version evolved and is now more widespread because it's just, I mean, just in terms of marketability mm-hmm. and being accepted, right? Yeah. It's like, as a little kid, who do you want to see based on our culture? Like, you know, of course, back in the day, you know, these old Slavic cultures and stuff, I mean, Maybe everybody looked like uh, right that wizard, mm-hmm. you know. But now it's like, oh man, you know, some jolly old man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, God, I've got pictures, and I think you do too. And everybody listening, where their kids sit on Santa's lap for the first time at oh, the mall, God. taking a picture, and they're just like terrified. terrified. Well, just imagine if he just had like, you know, animal pelts and like a, yeah. uh, you know, uh, bracelets made out of wooden twigs and stuff, mm-hmm. and deer antlers that he used to make indie music. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife Courtney, she has uh she has a ton of that stuff. Um a ton of like those like little miniature like uh you know figurines and stuff of like the old timey mm-hmm. uh you know Chris Kringle or Saint Nick, you know with the animal pelts and stuff. I, I think it's really cool. It just kind of gives another sort of flavor to the um the mass marketed mm-hmm. Norman Rockwell, you know, chunky Santa, which another thing too is original. The original story of Santa, um, and I think we're going to save Santa for a whole other episode because you know he's the big man. He deserves his own his own episode, maybe. But um, originally, he was supposed to be an elf himself, like the jolly old elf. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just it's interesting to look because down the line somewhere, oh wait, he's just you know a, an immortal man and. He has a you know a host of elves that build for him and do all of his work and and all that. So I th- I think that's really interesting too. I wonder what his constitution modifier is. Ooh, <laughs> I'd have to ask Ellis on that one. Yeah. 
All right, dude. Well, um, I'm going to go into, uh, and again, I'm so sorry for just butchering this, but it's a German uh, entity, if you will, uh, by the name of Necht Ruprecht. And um, he's also known as Farmhand Rupert, which adds a whole... From here on, refer to him as so that you don't have to... Yeah, exactly. German name again. <laughs> but I, and it's funny because I don't know what's with these names. You know, Farmhand Rupert could be like a punchline of a joke, but mm-hmm. to me, that just adds like a whole level of like, you know, spooky kind of, you know, whatever. So it's mm-hmm. kind of same thing. He's dressed as like... Uh, you know, beat up, so, sort of the same trope as the last one. You know, he's he's kind of like a like shepherd who has like a long beard, a staff, a brown cloak, kind of like a, a Gandalf or, you know, what other wizard. Um, he kind of, go- his whole deal is he goes around asking kids if they can pray. Um, and if they, if they say yes, then he gives them gingerbread. Um, if he, if they can't pray or they don't know how to pray, uh, he gives them useless junk. Um, and then if they refuse to even try to pray for him, he beats them with a bag of ashes. Oh boy. Which is number one, weird. Number two, ashes don't really weigh a ton. So, well, I mean, I mean, I guess if it's just like loaded stack. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he just beats them with ashes and then that's just kind of his thing. He's just Dude, man. So I mean, I guess that's one way to kind of like introduce people to prayer. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm, maybe not the most effective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the uh, well, let's not get. I mean, fear. Yeah, I mean, fear God. has been a real, real strong. It's been uh, a tool. It has been. A no matter, no tool. matter in everything yeah. in history, fear is a tool for everyone. Yeah. Well, and, well, and it it, it kind of leads me to see the. Um, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because like a lot of other things that we've gone over in the past, I mean, all these things are kind of just cautionary tales. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like the um, uh, the the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, some of those things get super, super graphic and dark. And yeah, um, but at the end of the day, and it's it, like, oh, well, yeah, this guy gets his head cut off if he does this or this or this. And it's like, mm-hmm. what did you get from the story? And it's like, OK, don't go out, go out after dark. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I think we same. can all agree. Yeah, man. Like, it's like, as a parent, sometimes, you know, you need a fairy tale to kind of help solidify that lesson that you're trying to tell your kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, really- hey, no, I mean it. Sit down and eat the rest of your spaghetti or else Bell Schnickel's going to come out of nowhere and slap <laughs> you in the face with a bag of ashes, you know, or whatever. He's coming. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine the Christmas season would have been pretty scary as a kid yeah, in, man. in ancient Germany. Yeah, there weren't any like, you know, fun holiday commercials of toys mm. and uh there you know. Oof. It, it does seem like a spooky time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for now, sure. Dude, I got to tell you about this one that I found. And we have talked about before our own personal sort of fascination with um Iceland in general. Mm, I love Iceland. You know, I mean, what an incredible like culture yeah i mean we, we we've been obsessed with a lot of the artists mm-hmm. and musicians that come from there Sigur i mean Rose. Sigur Ross. yeah dude. and then uh who's the lead the lead singer um yonzi oh again, yeah definitely mispronouncing all these words but you know <laughs> sure. like th- that band in particular and and even into his own like solo music and stuff mm-hmm. dude, they they sing in like a made-up language well, you know? it's funny you say that because, uh, and again, this is off of another rabbit trail, but uh, Yonzi, the lead singer of Sigur Ross, Ross, I say Ross, you say Ross, but yeah. um, I read an article once and all of the music that they make in Sigur Ross are actually what he calls Hopelandic. And it's mm. it's not even an actual language um, yeah. it, because he wanted, he wanted the listener to be able to uh, sort of apply their own feeling and mm-hmm. And dude, you know, that's cool. Dude, I mean, so cool because what's amazing is he succeeded. Yeah. Oh, you know absolutely. I mean? Like you go and you listen to that music. If you've never heard it before. You know, I encourage you to, if you just listen to it, 
And it's just, it just, it's a, it alone is like a testament to the power that music holds. Oh yeah. In being able to take you through the range of emotion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just incredible, man. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. So what's cool though, or, you know, one thing that I found or whatever is like, if you were a child living in Iceland, then you've probably been warned about the legend of Gryla. Mm. Okay. So this is this giantess who lives in the mountains comes out of her cave in the wintertime searching for you guessed it naughty kids Mm. now where this one kind of breaks away from any of the other ones that we've talked about she's not a uh uh, you know a companion of saint nicholas or anything this is just this giant that lives in the mountains Mm. in a cave and if you misbehave well guess what when she finds you, she boils you up into a stew wow. and then eats you as a tasty snack. We Man. just went from zero to 60 in like yeah. a snap of a finger. Very here, you know? fast. The other guys, first it's like, oh, be careful. Belschnickel is going to, you know, spank you with a stick. Mm-hmm. Then it's this other guy who slaps you in the face with ashes if, you know, you refuse to pray. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you're ever forced with that decision. Just say, just, just, just say pray. something. Just try. Man, okay. Try your best. And then we went from that to all of a sudden this lady's going to boil you up and eat you. Scary. I mean, all that's right? some like Hansel and Gretel uh, mm-hmm. type, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and and actually, I'm actually surprised that, you know, I, I would bet a million dollars that this character has been somewhere in the Hellboy Mike Mignola yeah. universe. Yeah, maybe. So she's also the mom to 13... Yule lads. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Full circle there. Mm-hmm. And basically starting, I think, imagine the 12 days of Christmas, mm-hmm. but instead of, but kind of like the opposite. So it's like the 12 days of Christmas in the uh, Stranger Things upside down. This is kind of what happens, right? So mm-hmm. it's like starting 12 days or 13 days before that, essentially these children of hers are kind of like released one by one, 13 nights before Christmas. Okay. And and some of these lads, as they're, you know, the Yule lads, mm-hmm. some of them have like the most creepy names I've ever heard. One's called Meat Hook. What? And the other one's called Window Peeper. Oh, I've heard of these before. Isn't there one that's like, like plate liquor? I mean, just crazy. Or stuff, something dude. weird. And they basically come in. So in the old tradition, they come in, they do crazy stuff, they cause a lot of havoc. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what's nuts, man. So it got so like kind of terrifying for people. Yeah. That around like the seventeenth century or so, uh the Icelandic government kind of stepped in and banned the use of her as a legend as a parenting technique. <laughs> so she was kind of like rebranded essentially um and presented it in a way that kind of like spreads holiday cheer so you've got these because well, all those parents were boiling her. their children i mean my god <laughs> you've got these yule lads and now her who basically come from this like really intense mm-hmm. legend that has been passed through time to now <laughs> this is no joke dude if you misbehave you just they leave you a rotten potato or mm. slam doors and eat the town's yogurt supply. Wow, that's weird. Right? So they tamed it down a whole lot. Um, And I just found that to be, you know, pretty interesting. But it's like you said, man, you know, now that I think about it, it's weird. I haven't really ever read a lot of those old school fairy tale, especially the Grimm's fairy tales, Mm -hmm. to my kids, really. Because I always thought they were like, overly intense for no reason even the original like pinocchio story man you know we got a copy when we were in italy like and i forget the name of the town where this story originated Mm -hmm. and i remember one when woodrow was like really little we were like oh we'll just break out look hey this is cool this is authentic this comes from italy it's like the first time we actually like read it Mm -hmm. and as we're reading it we're like i mean yeah it gets super intense and so like now that i'm thinking about it's like i haven't read those Grimm's fairy tales in so long that I kind of just have forgotten them. Yeah. And I think a lot of those old school stories, man, like you said, that cautionary tale, man, they kind of took it to the rated R level. They sure did. When maybe they could have just kept it at like a like a PG-13. I mean, honestly, though, you look at 
living in that time, and it was so, it was, I'm sure it was so dark and so, um, so tough, you know? I mean, mm. probably the concept of like, oh, well, let's, we really got to dial things back for the kids because they can't handle it. They, that probably wasn't even remotely on their minds because the kids were going through the same hardships as the adults. So it was probably just. Yeah. I mean, dude, they weren't even going to school. They were up. Yeah. You know, exactly. Helping, you know, the farm and working like an adult basically from a little age. So yeah, really, really kind of nuts. I've got another one. This is one that's really interesting to me and there's actually a lot more to it. Maybe we'll, we'll hit later, but uh, but I noticed in, in the research that this character actually kind of branches off into other regions where it takes on uh, different names and, and titles. Well, they believe that the original uh, concept came from like the high German traditions um, and it's called the, the Perchten. And what's interesting hmm. about this thing is it's a dual gendered spirit who comes out uh, during the 12 days of Christmas. And what's weird is one side of it, if you're looking at it, looking at it head on, it kind of looks like like a demon, you know, like the big horns, like the goat horns and the and all that stuff. And it's just this beast and it's this monster that looks similar to some of the other ones we're about to get into. But, you know, if if he comes by, he passes you by over the holidays, you know, he punishes you. And there's all kinds of, of things that can kind of go into that where, you know, he beats you, he steals from you, he takes you away if you're a bad kid. But then if you've given to the poor or you've, you know, been a good kid who's been, uh, you know, caring of others and compassionate, if that being, like, imagine if you're looking at them head on, if they turn around on the other side, it's a beautiful woman who is sweet and hands you gifts and is all light and kindness and all that. So it's really it's really interesting. Um, and one mm-hmm. of the things that was kind of said... So real quick, so you're saying that, like, duality... Is like Those literal, like the same character. Yeah, literal, like physical, Two-face, physical almost. duality. Yeah, well, but it's like if if I was looking at you head on, and then I turned around and you you were looking at me from behind. Please don't imagine me as like half dude, half woman. <laughs> no, but Can we not use somebody else. But but like you know, the head would be <laughs> the back of my head would be the face of a demon, uh-huh. basically. Mm-hmm. Pretty fascinating. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So not like split down the middle, more like front side, back front side, back side. Right. Right, yeah. Also um, yeah, kind of a weird... Yeah, very weird. Uh, and one of the things, too, was... Like, does baby got back? <laughs> well, baby's got front, <laughs> technically. The, the one thing that was interesting, too, is like you, you you never really knew of like how it'll, it'll meet you over the holidays. So it's like, um, you know, they make an example of, uh, on the one hand, you gave to the poor, but then on the other hand, you didn't give enough to the poor. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, what were you going to get? But I thought I thought that was really interesting. That was Yeah, that is interesting, man. You know, there's always the in a lot of these there's the which we've spoken about already, the the duality between Santa and then his companion or his his sort of antithesis being like the mm-hmm. bad Santa. Um whereas this is it's all sort of in one being uh which I I think's really cool. Yeah, and where was this? Um, it, said- well, it kind of gets into, and this is another one that's, that is listed in like the the Brothers Grimm stuff. Berta in Old High German, as well as mm. Berta and Frau in uh, Swabia, Switzerland, and Slovenian re- regions. She was often yeah, called so Frau Faust, uh, the Lady of the Ember Days, or Peta uh, in yes. Slovene. So yeah, it, it, she's kind of the same sort of thing, which again I'd never heard of, mm-hmm. and it's so cool. Like just the, you know, it's just so neat that there's just so much of this stuff that we have no idea about. Yeah, or like the the when I say we have no idea, I mean like general public. Yeah, you know, what in the world? Like I can, we got to dive into. Uh, I mean, I can't. I'm gonna the second we're done with this episode, look into what in the world the ember days were yeah exactly visually you know i imagine just like it sounds kind of like they're talking about like some hellacious yeah you know day Mm -hmm. it's just uh it's just interesting now i didn't know this one at all dude i mean like i had kind of heard of belschnickel again Mm -hmm. top of mind because of the most recent christmas chronicles i'd kind of heard of like the main event that you're going to be talking about in a second Mm -hmm. i have never heard this associated with this time of year and or Christmas in any way. And that's werewolves. Yeah, dude, I saw the same thing. 
Yeah, so apparently... I've never heard of that either. Have you? Me neither. No, 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 no. So apparently, like, werewolves and even, like, vampires and goblins and ghouls and stuff, since the Middle Ages, man, have been worried about, I'll say, Mm -hmm. this time of year. Because, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, this time of year, it's the, you know, the days are shorter, which means we're, we're in the dark a lot more. Right. We are somewhat more, even nowadays, I mean, now this year, 2020 is a great example, even we're even more secluded this year, just as a, as an example. But even back then, it's like, you know, you're, you're further away from people, you're not traveling as much, you're not seeing them as much. Mm -hmm. And so it tends to kind of like really sort of enhance the spookiness of what's going on. Right. You know, especially when there's more snow and, you know back then you're even further and further away from folks potentially like you're living a, uh, you know more apart from people really kind of what i found was like that werewolves in general obviously we all know them from like you know b movies to like any of the horror movies and stuff that have that have come out mm-hmm. um over time and it's kind of been you know turned into something a little bit different but in this specific legend essentially if you were born on christmas day Mm -hmm. it was basically like an insult slash mocking of jesus christ and as such you would be punished and you're basically cursed to become a werewolf wow insane right and so there's this movie that was made like 1961 i think it's like black and white called the curse of the werewolf Mm, and that's really kind of like apparently one of the first places that they even sort of talk about it and in that movie it is, this is like essentially the, the first sort of specific werewolf where they address this connection between Christmas Day, being born on Christmas Day and the curse of the were- werewolf. Mm-hmm. So the belief, I guess, is strongest and or originated around Poland mm. and Northeastern Europe. And in this film, they, the character, the this young woman is, is, I mean, this is intense, but she was raped in a Spanish prison and she escapes and lives kind of like out in the wild a little bit for a while until she's finally found and brought to the hospital where they kind of find out, Oh, okay. She's pregnant. She gives birth to this baby boy. You guessed it Mm. on Christmas day. And despite like they do this, like some sort of like ritual to kind of break the curse, this boy grows up to be full blown werewolf. Mm. And so I I mean, I had just never heard of that. Man, that sounds awesome. I try to, yeah, no, I try to track down the movie. I think you can rent it digitally, but it's not, you know, it's not free streaming anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, really kind of just bizarre, man. I, I'd never heard of that at all. Yeah, I mean. But it makes sense, like I said. You know, I mean, we always think of spooky with, we associate it more with, like, you know, fall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, a lot of, like, that sort of orangey, mm-hmm. red tones of the leaves and, like, you know, there's more spiders around and, you know, but like, I feel like even in the daytime, but certainly at night, like the sky becomes more crisp and clear. Oh, and yeah. So like the moon even just seems like, now that I'm thinking about it, more of like a werewolf moon, so to speak, you know, it's just like big and, oh yeah, and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so it does make sense. It's just, it's so interesting. I've never heard of that or thought of that in any way. Yeah. And, um, you know, in a lot of the pagan traditions, the, um, you know, they would have these sort of, uh, festivals like, uh, Saturnalia was one. Um, and I think it ran from either Halloween night or the day after Halloween up until Christmas. So it was like, you know, we would still fall into that same period of when all the spooky sort of weird stuff happens. Okay. Okay, so I've got one before the big boy, um, and this one, uh, I'll make it short. So in Belgium and France, there's a tradition of a character called Le Pierre uh, Foutard. Foutard. I'm totally butchering it, and again, I'm sorry. He's also called, well, his name means whipping father, which again, with these names, man, like that made it twice as scary to me. Yeah, dude, that's terrifying. Yeah, he he was a guy. Uh, he began his life as an innkeeper, but he was also a kidnapper and murderer. Interesting um, resume. <laughs> one day, while he owned an inn, he was keeping his inn. Uh, three rich boys came by to stay the night on their way to a boarding school. He recognized their wealth, and along with his wife, decided to capture and murder the children. 
to take their money instead of, you know, doing the ransom thing, which, I mean, that would make more sense. But basically, while trying to make a stew out of the corpses of these three children, so St. Nick shows up, uh, resurrects the boys, and uh, the whipping father, or La Perie Foutard, seeing the power in St. Nick, he repents and becomes St. Nick's partner by becoming the official whipping boy of all of, you know, the naughty children. So, like a lot of these other ones, boy, it took us it took us a real weird long road to get there, but he ends up just being, you know, another one of these characters that uh, kind of go along with Santa and, you know, whip the bad boys and girls into submission. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, it's time we're here to the big boy. Um, and I'm talking about Krampus or Krampus. I'll say Krampus because we're from the South. Um, basically, he was created... Well, first the name means claw in German. And this was created long before before the birth of Christ. It's a super ancient tradition. I think at one point, he was kind of also called Old Nick to go along with Saint Nick. And, mm. you know, again, he's the antithesis and the, the you know, polar opposite of, um, of Santa Claus. Basically, there was a night called, uh, it was on December 5th, and mm-hmm. the people of Bavaria, Eastern Europe, and Germany, they, even to this day, they still, they get drunk, they run through the streets, frightening children, dressed in these hand-carved wooden masks, giant goat horns, and these suits made of goat, goat and animal furs and pelts and skins. Straight up, Baphomet, the devil, Satan, um, mm just the bad guy character. I mean, this is like, he looks just like that. Like I said, he's a pre-Christian from pagan mythology. A lot of the anthropologists believe uh, that it goes back to a horned god of the witches back in early, early pagan beliefs, while other anthropologists believe it was a, uh, when Christianity came around, he was created as like, oh, well, well, this is God, so we have to create the anti-god, you know? So he was the... What, what they would they would refer to him as like the horned god, and then somewhere along mm-hmm. the line he was kind of adopted into you know into the holidays uh, to only kind of come around for Christmas. The Druids of Europe um, they think that a lot of these traditions come from the early Druids, but the problem with that is the Druids were only you know they only passed things down through their oral ancestry you know oral traditions. They they didn't write anything down, so. You know, there's a lot of it that's a little fuzzy from mm-hmm. exactly where he came from. Those same historian, historians uh, say that these horned devils, you know, which look a lot like what we think of as Krampus, they would they started appearing in these medieval plays around the, of the 11th century. And then, you know, like I said, it kind of assimilated into the holidays where St. Nicholas would work with Krampus. You know, St. Nicholas would offer the rewards to the good, good children while Krampus would punish them. One thing that's pretty interesting is, you know, you think of this as like, you know, pre-Christian, ancient, ancient traditions. Um, And so now you're seeing these things, not just in Germany, but you're seeing, you know, in 2013, over 200 Krampuses, uh, well, people dressed as Krampuses, participated in Austria's first ever annual national uh, Krampusnacht, which is Night of the Krampus. Hmm. Uh, and then in 2015, uh, Clintonville, Ohio, had the first Krampus parade in the U.S., hmm. uh, which went on to, you know, to inspire people to start them in Seattle and Philadelphia. And again, they start this, you know, this was on December 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't really go again. You know, I think a lot of people get hung up on, oh, well. They're trying to this, take away from Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and I don't really think so. I mean, I you know, I love um, all the, the, like, the Christian traditions and, like, all the the good things. But I also think it's cool, you know, early in the month, December 5th. I mean, you still got weeks until Christmas. So I kind of like the idea that, you know, there's this sort of anti-Santa mm-hmm. that comes around. and um, It's interesting um, because, you know, both of us, Recently watched uh, the movie that yep. we didn't know anything about last episode, uh, Krampus, with um, yep. Adam Scott. Yeah, Adam Scott. Um, uh, Tony Collette. I think Tony Collette. Man, uh, I'm now. He's the hilarious guy, man. 
Uh, oh, man, the guy from Anchorman. Yeah, David. God, no idea how to say his last name. Kochner? Oh, and he's a... Uh, Kochner? What's his... Kochner? What? <laughs> that was a really funny little interaction there. <laughs> um, Allison Tolman, she's awesome. He plays Packer on The Office. Yeah, so here, here's the thing. I get, okay, look, I understand what you're saying. You know, it's nice that it happens on December 5th and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool that it doesn't really necessarily take away from, you know, the Christmas spirit and all that. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate and respect that these um, traditions and everything kind of predate anything that sort of I enjoy and or celebrate. Yeah. That being said, watching Krampus, um, I just... I got to be honest, man, I didn't really get into it. I feel like as much, and maybe I just overdid it on the spooky uh, in Halloween. I'm just, I was, I'm ready for the happy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like watching Mm -hmm. Krampus, I just kind of, and it being like a Christmas themed sort of scary thing. I just didn't, I just couldn't get into it. Now, I mean, that's not to say that the movie wasn't well done, although there are a few spots where I'm like, eh, you know, there's some gingerbread men. Uh, you that know, anytime, the, any, that even was just so like, weird. It reminds me kind of of like, you know, even just like child's play or um, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, there's this, in this movie, there's like these gingerbread men like attacking or whatever. I'm like, just find a bucket of milk and dunk it in. Or, you yeah. know, because like it ends up like a dog eats one of them. It's like, it was that easy. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just like if it's child's play, just kick that damn doll as hard as you can. And then, yeah, yeah. that's it. Well, and, and and we talked about the, you know, I think I liked it a little better because I'm cool with, um, I like the idea of, you know, again, along with the music, along with the days being shorter, along with, you know, just being like darker and like the Christmas lights. It's like, yeah, that's cozy. But at the same time, there's just like a little like touch of like darkness to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think I'm really okay with like sort of these, these, um, you know, the concept of like these, like, you know, ancient sort of folklore, you know, giving them a little time in this, yeah. in this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it is kind of spooky if you, if you were like, okay, we're going to take away everything that has to do with Christmas and how do you feel about December? And you know, it's like pretty dark seasons mm-hmm. changed and, and all that. Um, but I will say, and I, I kind of like the movie. I'd heard of it for years. Um, I thought it was just a super cheap movie. But come to find out, you know, as soon as I turned it on, it was like, oh, wow. Um, this is like a pretty big cast. Mm-hmm. This isn't just like a, a cheap little indie movie. And then I found out, because um, the one thing that I absolutely loved about it was like the character designs especially for Krampus, mm-hmm. he looked amazing. Yeah. And the his elves, which I think after listening to you talk about the the Yule lads mm-hmm. or like the elves, you know, it kind of like right, yeah. I think that I think that was in the same vein, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it did uh, seem like they kind of blended a couple things, heck even with yeah. that gingerbread thing, you know, I mean, uh, which was beautiful. And and the reason why is because it was done by Weta or like the Weta workshop, the same mm-hmm. They do all the special effects for The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, um, you know, huge, big budget things. So a lot of those looked really cool. But then you have these silly little gingerbread guys, which it seemed, it was, it all, and I told Woody this earlier, it almost seemed like, okay, we have this vision for the movie. It's going to be awesome. We're really leaning in onto this old school, uh, you know, uh, Nordic or or high German or you know, old, old, old Bavarian kind of like visuals. And then it was like you had like a, a you know, a movie studio exec being like, yeah, well, we're going to give you the money, but you got to put in some gingerbread, man. Mm-hmm. It felt it felt like the ones off of uh, off of Shrek. Yeah. The, and that, like that, quote unquote, scary. You know, it's like. Yeah. Oh. And they even look, I mean, they looked like that. They The CGI even looked. Yeah, which it would have been different if this was like a Goosebumps Christmas movie right. or something. But this was, yeah. I don't know. It just didn't, I don't know. And then like, it just got too intense, man. And I'm like, dude, I'm not in the mood for feeling like, oh man, this kid just got separated from their parents. They just, you know, ugh, I did Well, I think with that, I think, I think that you didn't like it because you're like, you're saying, I don't like the dark kind of stuff for like Christmas. It kind yeah. of invades into that. I was already Warm. in like the the 
Christmas, Christmas spirit, spirit mood. So in other yeah. words, like I think I would enjoy this movie back mm-hmm. in October, which oh, it may right. make the list next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's I think the biggest problem with this movie is it doesn't lean hard enough into kind of like the sweet to mm-hmm. blend with the sour. It's almost yeah. like for me the turnoff was like not even so much as like this like evil you know Krampus coming and these evil little elves like taking everybody. To me, the worst part is the part that made you. It just kind of makes me feel like ugh. It's like the whole beginning of the movie when this kid's got a bad attitude. Everybody comes over to his house. They've all got bad attitudes. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. And so, I feel like you. They didn't lean enough into like the the dark, the warm, you know, light to sort of balance out like the other half of the movie that's all sort of, you know mm-hmm. chaos and and yeah. dark. I would have written uh, it differently so, for sure. Like, oh yeah. How about make it to where like this kid, there's like some bully. He's bullied by some like kids at his school, and then he has to come back and like save them from Krampus because we get we get um, in the middle. You know, we find mm. out about the legend of it and everything, and then he is good. But instead of making it like his family members and stuff, and his like cousins, and it's just like it's just I just didn't, it didn't leave me with a good feeling, and that is why. Like again. I think I would have liked it maybe during the Halloween season kind of the the lore is super really to me the most interesting piece as yeah. long, uh, uh, along with like the character design because I thought they did pretty cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, it's like I don't think I'll watch that movie again. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was it is weird. You know, like I said, like the cast was so great. It's weird that, I don't know, it fall, I, I guess the, the, the fault sort of falls back on the director because you have a cast that's like so great and yeah, there's I just no the, I thought their acting was good it's really just yeah like yeah yeah it the wouldn't writing, bad, man. the writing yeah or the writing yeah, yeah maybe that's maybe that's a more accurate mm-hmm. kind of deal um one thing I gotta say and I made you read this one another thing that's kind of related to Krampus is I think it came out three or four years ago um but it's a Hellboy one shot sort of Christmas edition comic that came out called Hellboy Krampus Night Mm-hmm. Uh, or Krampus snacked night. I don't know. It means Krampus night, basically. But uh, the arts by knocked. Yeah, maybe that's snack. Krampus that's snack. <laughs> Krampus schnitzel. But it's the art is by Adam Hughes, which I'm a diehard Mike Mignola uh, fan, especially like on all the Hellboy stuff. It's like, oh well, it's not really Hellboy unless Mignola is doing the art. But I it was Adam good. Hughes. It looks great. Yeah. It looks really good, and it's a quick story. You can read it in like five minutes. You know, not a lot of dialogue, a lot of sort of visual narrative, but, man, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. And it's a cool little, like, twist on, again, we'll do, we'll probably do several episodes on Mike Mignola and the Mignola-verse. He's just, he's such a genius at, like, he kind of has this character who he's able to just place in, uh, you know, kind of just place right in the middle of these these old sort of folk tales and and um, anthropology of like these localized areas um, all throughout time and it's really cool. It's really mm. really cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's awesome. definitely one to it. to look up. Yeah. So that was our you know little grab bag of the spooky side of Christmas. Uh, you got anything else, man? No, man. I mean, other than just like I, like we said at the top, you know, this, this we just found this super interesting again, mainly because it's something that we don't really think about this time of year. And it's kind of cool that there are these old, old traditions that predate even our own sort of um, beliefs and and systems. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like we say, the zeitgeist that surrounds our kind of daily lives. Uh, And so kind of just looking into that was really, really cool. That said, man, I'm ready to just only have happy Christmas thoughts. So, um, I think it really bothers you. Uh, yeah, I just don't get, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like I get all of that kind of out of the way and then. Yeah, know, I understand that. I've been yeah. in the Christmas spirit since like mid-November, you know, so just like to have to kind of go back. I, I just, it's it's hard for me to turn the ship whenever it's moving. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm still fairly in Halloween mode, uh, so that's probably why it was a little yeah. easier to go down. Uh, another thing, again, boy, how did you um, do it? The birth of Christ, the Christian positive things about Christmas uh, mean a whole lot to me and us. And none of these things um, 
are in any way, you know, anti that. So um, these are just really cool sort of folk tales, cautionary tales uh, that we thought was really cool. You know, we thought were really cool around the world. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Merry Krampus. Merry Krampus. Um, Merry Krampus, everybody. To everybody. Uh, Cool, man. Well, as we say every week, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for sharing this with your friends, your family, telling people about this podcast. Every single time that you do that, you know, it just kind of helps us. It helps us, you know, eventually to be able to create more episodes and and all that. So we really, really appreciate it. Um, Merry Christmas. Merry Krampus. We love you. And as always, be rad. (laughs) 